0: But the one trade that no one remembers that I do need to bring up because on August 30th, 2000, with the New York Mets in first place, they made a very minor trade. Are you ready for this one? I I knew this guy was a Met, but I forgot the specifics of it. The New York Mets acquired an infielder by the name of Jorge Valendia. And in exchange for Jorge Valendia, they traded a very young prospect named Nelson Cruz. So, as we sit here, 22 years later, 22 years later, the New York Mets may acquire a guy they traded 22 years ago, Nelson Cruz. You right, Pete?
1: Dude, if Nelson Cruz comes and met 22 years later, full circle, I don't know if I'm happy about that, by the way. I mean, it's amazing, <laughs> but it's, at this point in time, he, that's my boy. I can't justify getting a, tr- a Nelson Cruz on this team at this point in time.
0: We will touch on Nelson Cruz later when we attack the big board of trade targets because he's an obvious name that would be out there. But it's a weird one. It's one of those weird buried trades from 2000 that nobody thinks about. But they add Nelson Cruz, and they traded him for Jorge Valendia. 2001 was weird because the Mets at the deadline were 10 games under 500. They were 11 and a half games out of first place. They were actually closer to first place than they were the wild card that year. And as you recall, the Mets went on a furious run through August and September after nine 11, where they got within, if memory serves correct, they were within two games of first place And they had a chance to sweep the Atlanta Braves that weekend. They returned to playing baseball in New York after September 11th. We all remember the Piazza home run from Friday. They won Saturday. And then they blew the game on Sunday. And then did the same thing the following week in Atlanta. So it was weird. They were selling at the trade deadline. They sold Turk Wendell and Dennis Cook to the Philadelphia Phillies. And then they made a weird trade, I remember, where they dealt Rick Reed, one of my all-time favorites, to Minnesota for Matt Lawton. So it wasn't really selling, wasn't really buying. I think the Mets were very confused about where they were a year after winning the National League pennant. But here's a trade deadline where I remember where I was. I was at a Rundle Mills mall in Maryland in 2004. I was about to leave Maryland. I had lived there for a few years. And my dad called me up. And he said, son, the Mets have made two trades. And I said, two trades? What are we doing here? We suck. We're not any good. Or a bunch of games out of first place. What, what? What? Are we selling somebody? And what the hell are we selling? And that was a day I would never forget. The New York Mets traded Scott Casimir to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays for Bartolome Fortunato and Victor Zambrano. A trade that still all these years later lives in med infamy. But we do have to admit, it's not like Scott Casimir turned into Sandy Colfax. So I think we all have to accept that while... At the time we were disgusted by the trade, and for the next four or five years we were disgusted by the trade, much like what may be the case off with Kelnick, the guy we gave up that we all feared would be this next superstar really didn't turn out to be that.
1: I, I mean, he didn't turn out to be Nolan Ryan, but he had a nice career, and let's be, the, be honest, the biggest thing was, what did Victor Zambrano do for the Mets? Nada. Nada. <laughs> No, I know, I know.
0: I I can't talk myself into ever liking this trade, that's for sure, because then you could argue, well, they could have traded Kazmir for something else. Like, if you didn't believe in him and John Franco and Al Leiter hated him because he changed the stereo once in spring training, you could have gotten more than Victor Zambrano. My biggest memory of Victor Zambrano, I have two memories. Number one, running off the mound with a shoulder injury. And number two, he lived in the same apartment building I lived in. And at that time, I used to work nights, so I would DVR every Met game. So I got home one night, Mets are on DVR, and Zambrano's in the elevator. And I look at him and I say, this is going to be weird, but I DVR'd the game. So please don't tell me what happened. And he looked at me like I had 30 heads. I was like, what What the (laughs) hell just happened? DVR? What? (laughs) I think he was confused. Maybe it wasn't Victor Zambrano. Maybe that was the the, the real (laughs) twist on the whole thing. (laughs) The, the, The other trade they made that day was Ty Wigginton... And, yes, a prospect by the name of Jose Bautista went to the Pirates for Chris Benson and Jeff Kepinger. Kepinger was a nice, solid Met for a while until they got rid of him. And Chris Benson is mostly famous for his wife. Let's let's be fair about that. No one thinks about Chris Benson. Now, that was a weird trade deadline because they sucked. Those moves were kind of like we're going for it moves. And they all really turned out to be complete disasters. Not necessarily trading Wigginton, because at that point they had called up David Wright. David Wright was a third baseman. I think we all understood his time was over. But here's the trade deadline that I still have regrets about, and that's 2006. Because in 2006, the New York Mets were the best team in the National League by a lot. Not by a little bit, by a lot. You know, you give me the Padres, give me the Cardinals, whoever the hell you want to bring up. Nobody was any good in the National League that year besides the New York Mets. And Duaner Sanchez getting into a car accident, which was bad enough. I mean, obviously we're happy he's okay, but he missed the rest of the season, ripped up his shoulder. That was bad enough, but I felt like the Mets made the cardinal mistake of trade deadlines. And I touched on this earlier, and that is taking somebody off of your roster and moving that guy at the deadline. I think it is a huge mistake. The A's did that years ago with Yoenis Cespedes, where I think they were in the midst of a race, and they traded Yoannis Cespedes. That may have been the John Lester trade uh, for some reason. I kind of remember it working out that way, where the A's were in first place, or so they're in the wild card, and they took their cleanup hitter and traded him at the deadline. You can't do that. And the Mets took Xavier Nady, who was a part of that team. No, I'm not saying he was the key to the team, but he was a part of that team. And they traded him to the Pittsburgh Pirates for Roberto Hernandez and Oliver Perez. And obviously, getting Oliver Perez was very, very important. And really, pound for pound, turned out to actually not be a bad trade because Perez pitched Game 7 against the Cardinals, was bailed out by the Indy Chavez catch, but did a hell of a job. I don't think any of us thought Oliver Perez was going to need to make postseason starts, but because of the injuries to El Duque, the injury to Pedro Martinez... They needed Oliver Perez. And as much as we may have bad memories about Ali now, we have to be fair. He was good late 2006. And then he was really good in 2007 to the point where the Mets obviously had to re-sign him. So it's it's not a knock on what Perez did for the Mets in 06 or even Hernandez did for the Mets in 06. It was that I am dead set against, and let this be a lesson for this trade deadline, you can't take guys off of your roster who are part of your team And move them in a trade deadline deal. It needs to be exclusively prospects. And the Mets obviously didn't do that with that trade. They also traded for Sean Green after July 31st. Green ended up becoming like their everyday right fielder. It is what it is. 2007, as they were collapsing, they desperately traded for Luis Ayala and said, you're our closer because everybody else is hurt. In 2000, uh, actually, that was 2008. In 2007, they traded for Luis Castillo. They traded Drew Butera and Dustin Martin for a washed-up Luis Castillo, and obviously our memories of Luis Castillo was that he was fat, was sucked, and dropped the pop-up against the New York Yankees in 2009. Then we take a respite from the trade deadline, Hoff, because the Mets sucked for seven years. They were terrible in 9, 10, 11, 12. They had a good-selling trade deadline when they dealt Carlos Beltran to the San Francisco Giants for Zach Wheeler, so they had a couple of good sales, a couple of good, hey, let's uh, shift them off. But in 2015, we have, without question, in this era of 25 years, I'm not talking about Keith Hernandez. I'm not talking about Don Clendenon. I'm talking about the last 25 years. Far and away, it's not even close, the greatest trade deadline deal in the history of this franchise, and that was Luis Sessa and Michael Fulmer for Joannis Cespedes. There is no deadline deal. It's not even close that can rival the impact of that trade. A trade that nearly didn't happen because they almost got Carlos Gomez two nights earlier and Wilmer Flores was crying. And I was crying. I was disappointed. I wanted Carlos Gomez. Obviously, once that whole thing fell through, they needed to make this trade for Yoannis Espinis. Little did I know, maybe Pete, you were more confident, little did I know the impact that Yoannis would have over the next two months because without that trade, not only do they not go to the World Series, I don't think they win the National League East.
1: Now, I don't disagree, but I, I... it's funny because I was high on Cespedes. I was a Cespedes guy. You look at Gomez and that. Tra- By the way, I was at that game too. I'm sure you were too, the, the game where Phil, Fl- Flores was crying. And just the whole yep. atmosphere was so weird. It was just a very odd vibe. But that being said, though, Gomez was somebody I was dead set not to be a part of because I think Wheeler was involved in the trade, which ended up being the reason why it didn't get done because of injury right. concern. But Cespedes I was so high on. So that was like, uh, I think it came. the news came just after 4 o'clock, if I'm correct.
0: So, yes, Joe and I were doing a show from Giants camp. Great booking by our old boss, Mark Chernoff, to have us do a Giant show on July 31st. But nevertheless, as we were talking to Odell Beckham Jr., I refreshed Twitter, and it was right at the deadline. You're 100% right. I got the update. The Mets have acquired Joanna Cespedes. And there was a sense of relief because I think for Joe and I and for a lot of Mets fans, even though they had just traded for Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe, which, yeah, we can mention that. That was a good deal. For us, it felt like they had added, you know, two guys from Murderer's Row because the Met lineup was so bad that year. John Mayberry hitting cleanup that when they get Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe for John Gant and Robert Wallen, we're all celebrating. But they needed to make that trade. They needed to make any kind of trade before the deadline. And they just got that one in by a second, they obviously won that night. That was the Wilmer Flores home run walk-off against the Nationals night. And the Mets, they, they took off. I and mean, They absolutely took off. And Cespedes was incredible. And I think when we judge that trade, you can only judge what Ioannis did for the next two and a half months, not the fact that they re-signed him twice. Because it's irrelevant. It was a trade deadline deal where at the time, I remember using this phrasing on the air, just remember, Mets fans, this is what I said, We are not marrying Yoannis. We're just going to have a great one-night stand for a couple of months. And little did I know that we did marry him because the Mets signed him twice. First to that creative three-year opt-out after one-year contract, which was important because he was a big part of the team in 2016, no doubt. And then the mega contract in 2017 that obviously ended terribly. He barely played. He gets run over by a bull. He leaves in the middle of the COVID season. Like, it was just, it was a disaster. But that trade, and it's not close. I mean, you just heard all the trades that they made at the deadline. You heard the whole list. It's not even close. It's the greatest trade deadline deal they've made in the last 25 years. Obviously, Clendenin, Keith Hernandez, those are going to come ahead because of the long-lasting impacts. They won a championship in 69. Uh, Keith Hernandez turning the franchise around, all that, completely fair. But in the sake of the last 25 years, it's as good as it gets. They followed it up the next year by trading Dilson Herrera for Jay Bruce, And Jay Bruce then went on and just was terrible for two months. He was good the following year when the team sucked, but he was terrible in 2016. And then the other one I put in there, this is really the last trade deadline deal. I guess we could include last year, but I've kind of moved off 2021. We got to give it more time. Pete Crow Armstrong for Javi Baez was trading for Marcus Stroman, which was odd because the Mets were sort of in it in 2019. They went on a run to get close. They had that big series against the Nationals where Todd Frazier hit the great home run. But they trade Anthony Kay and Simeon uh, Woods-Richardson for Marcus Stroman. Another one of those, we're trading for a guy. We're sort of in it, but it's really for next year, too, which turned out to be 2021 because of the COVID season in 2020. So that's, those are your deals over the last 25 years. And as we sit here today and we look ahead to what the Mets are going to do before this trade deadline, It does have to make you pause about how crappy most of our trade deadlines have been. I mean, think about it. Uh, Cespedes is on another level. But most of these trade deadline deals in the rare year where the Mets have been good and have bought, there aren't a lot, Pete, that you look back on with such a a, a romantic eye towards. There's not a lot of good here. And the
1: problem is, too, is that the Mets seem to then double down on their mistake. It's like, okay, we went and got somebody, brought them in, you know, for like a rental, and then they go, well, you know what? He wasn't so bad, so let's sign him to a four-year deal. Ali Perez, Luis Castillo. I mean, you go down the list of people that are like, oh, well, bring him back again. He did great for like the two months rental. And that's the problem, and that's what worries me and concern of what type of piece are the Mets looking to get right now, and what, what does it mean for the future of this team? Are they looking for the well, rental? Or are they looking for someone that they can have for three or four years?
0: So now keep this in mind. As much as I may say to you, Pete, there isn't, there aren't that many great deals they've made in the last 25 years. The Nelson Cruz thing I throw to the side because I don't think he was a big prospect at the time and it was for Jorge Valendi. It was not a high profile trade deadline deal. The Mets haven't given up a lot of prospects that turned out to be amazing. Like the biggest names on that list of guys that turned out to be good are the ones that almost happened accidentally with Nelson Cruz and Jose Batista. They were forgotten about guys. They were not exactly big prospects. So as much as I may be a prospect hugger, and I think all of us to a different degree may love our prospects and say, Oh my God, I can't trade this guy. I can't trade that guy more times than not. And it's not just met history. It's baseball history more times than not. The guys that you fantasize about don't turn out to be nearly as good as we project. So I want to be smart at this trade deadline. I'm not trading Francisco Alvarez for anybody, but uh, Juan Soto, yes, but outside of that, I'm not trading Francisco Alvarez for anybody, but I also want to toe the line of understanding that you've got to give up something to get something, and the odds of these guys turning out to be superstars that haunt us for the next decade and a half, it's not that high. It really isn't especially when you look at the deadline over the last 25 years so
1: but but on that note though that and th- this is where I'm saying like I, I don't disagree with that point like the, what they've given up never turns into anything but I feel like it makes it worse when they're like well because we gave up this piece now we have to sign this guy like and commit to Luis Castillo or those type of players it's like you don't have to do that either no Just because you traded no, no, you no, have no, to commit no.
0: No. Look, I made a list of guys. A lot of them are free agents. A lot of them have maybe another year or two of control. You're making a deal right now, though, for right now, for this moment, for the moment of the Mets have an obvious need at DH. The Mets have have an obvious need for bullpen help. This is a team that may look very different next year. They've got a lot of key free agents. And it's not something I want to think about too much right now, but Edwin Diaz, Brandon Nimmo, Jacob DeGrom can all be free agents. It's just, it is what it is. Chris Bassett could be a free agent. Taiwan Walker could be a free agent. Carlos Carrasco could be a free agent. The entire bullpen, literally the entire bullpen outside of Drew Smith will be free agents at the end of the year. And that's actually so, pretty positive for us get them all the hell out of here.
1: <laughs> Besides Diaz. <laughs>